0: welcome to the purple political breakdown
1: there's not many people talking about the individual responsibilities that content creators have and their impact is currently and moving forward They influence a lot of people, a lot of young people, and it doesn't seem, in my opinion, at the very least, that any of these content creators are really trying to be the role models that they automatically are and making sure they're putting certain checks and certain barriers in place to ensure that the public's being influenced by them are doing the best they can for society versus just copying them and doing the negative, potentially negative actions or say the negative things or going negative professions that they may be in currently. It's kind of saying, oh, be like me is what it looks like. And obviously you don't want everybody to be like the content creators that currently exist in society.
0: Do you want a great website like this? This is my podcast website, where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs, and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage, and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now. Are you enjoying today's podcast episode? I really hope you do. And I really hope you enjoy the fact that I have an amazing guest talking with me and having this great discussion. If you, as an individual, personally have your own podcast, and maybe you want to have great guests on your podcast as well, Well, I got a deal for you. In my description, there is a link to something called Podmatch. Make sure to join that link through my affiliate link so you can sign up to get matched up with other podcast hosts and podcast guests so you make sure you are never missing an episode without a productive guest to have an amazing conversation with. Podmatch is similar to any other kind of matching site for the most part. And it's super easy, you, just $6 a month, and you can have a guest for each and every podcast episode that is tailored to your specific topic. So again, join the link in my description and join Podmatch now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 40 of the Purple Political Breakdown doing great things per
1: usual hope you guys have an interesting day today per usual all that good stuff listening on apple podcast spotify all that great stuff of
0: course i'm your host Rodell
1: lewis and i'm here with my co-host paul how you doing my guy
2: i'm great uh, a lot of driving today but happy to be on
1: all right uh it should be an interesting conversation now we do we're supposed to have a guest. And I'm not sure what's going on with that situation. So I'm going to give him a little time to see if he shows up. But if he does not show up, then we're going to go into a different conversation. Now, what this conversation will be about will be about the basically this is how I'm seeing it. The responsibility of content creators in this new era and moving forward. I do think that's a legitimate conversation. And it plays into a lot of different things. I've actually been thinking about this conversation for a while, even before the Kai Sinat stuff that happened in New York. But that just reinforces my opinion and like the level of responsibility and influence they have versus the amount of responsibility that they that they take. There's a discrepancy there. And I I think we should definitely talk about that, of course. So, uh, before we dive into any of that, let us dive into a review from Hey Hey Ray J193842. They said, This show isn't pushy when presenting their topics that all may not agree with. It's the only way to have honest discord around these topics. At the end of the day, we're all just hairless monkeys trying to figure out why we're on this space rock. So just be nice to everyone, regardless of what they believe. You know, I respect it. I respect it. Appreciate you, AJ. And um, I do want to dive into our what you need to know, kind of catch everybody up in the current events. Now, I only wrote two because uh, I forgot to write more. So, Paul, if you have anything you want to shout out as well, we can dive into that. Uh, but here's the two I have. Um one of them actually both are kind of space related funny and funny enough the first is that there's a new measurement of a subatomic particle known as muons which could shake up our understanding of the universe Uh, i've always said that a lot of this stuff regarding the universe is based off knowledge we know and there's so much we don't know so if something changed in terms of the the concept of like the big bang theory i wouldn't be surprised right um, and another thing that kind of came out is Virgin Galactic conducts its second successful commercial space flight a couple days ago and plans to do space tourism flights once a month. And the great thing about this, in my opinion, is that those flat earthers can finally die. <laughs> they can finally go away and never exist anymore. So um, what do you think about the uh, the current events, Paul?
2: Uh, I have a couple to add if you uh, follow. Go for it. it. Go for it. All right. So um, earlier this day, uh, British jets intercepted Russian bombers flying north of Scotland. And then, of course, uh, I guess like uh, some of the elephant in the room, uh, the uh, Georgia Attorney General is pursuing charges against that uh, of Donald Trump, uh, including Mm -hmm. uh, conspiracy and racketeering charges. However, for some reason, uh, when they were posted to the Fulton County georgia court detailing uh they uh, were no longer publicly available but then remade publicly available since then uh fulton county as well as the state of georgia have closed down their corresponding capitals and courthouses to uh ready themselves for the impeding or impending uh, protest uh surrounding them uh as for what i think about the flat earth stuff uh look man you know I lived on the space coast for a while. These guys are just going to figure out something new, right? Like uh, it's their bread and butter, right? (laughs) Come on.
1: Uh, Right now, the person I feel like that is kind of uh, perpetuating the movement is definitely Zerka. So I'm like, bro, if you're going to get rich off of the content because all the content you're doing, there's no excuse for you not to go in space, see that this earth is a sphere or as much of a spear as it can be. Cause there's like, it's like a oblongish shape and then stop talking about it for the rest of your life. Cause it's such an annoying conversation to bring up. So uh,
2: I just hopefully. think we should put them all on a rocket and just like launch them out there. And then they could see space and uh, you know, potentially crash into the moon as well, you know, so oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, th- we can send them all to Mars and see how they, uh, you know, see how they like uh yeah, see if they yeah. Can restart society over there. <laughs> Habitation <laughs> training. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, but a lot of interesting stuff you said are, are revolving um you know Trump, of course, I mean, there's so many charges that are putting up against him. I'm just waiting till the time where obviously we are in court and see how the the trial goes, and obviously, once the election starts, I am so curious how many trumpsters, if he goes to prison, will still vote for him Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be something else for this next election. This might be the most wild election like of at the very least of the 2000s.
2: Uh, look at, so, that. I'll tell you what I told Jonathan, okay? These people want to make America great again no matter the cost, right? So you uh you bet your bet, uh, ass that they're going to be going out there and voting for him even if he's behind bars. So you'll see it for sure.
1: Yeah, that's uh it's unfortunate, but it's definitely a possibility.
2: So um, with that
1: said, let's dive into our sub-topic. Now, this sub-topic, uh, I'm glad Paul is here because he he knows quite a bit about the uh, content creation space. So he's a good person to discuss this and get some feedback from. So there's a lot of contra- controversy in terms of fair use. I'm sure you've seen what's going on with people like XQCA and Hassan. So this is social subtopics. We're going over something a little bit more socially related and the controversy falls in line on like what it, what it means to be a good reaction content creator um what you have to do as a reaction content creator and the the aspect of fair use is the lines be, that are um, you know exist today in terms of what is fair use will those lines kind of get broken due to you know activities from people like us on xuc to the point where content creators are going to be able to even, you know, I'm, I'm going to say they're going to be able to, the, the people who create the content that people react to, are they going to be able to um, make things much more difficult for these reaction content creators? So uh, what, what do you think about all that that's going on?
2: Well, you know, uh, I guess I, I have like a little nuance on it. So um, obviously a lot of reaction content is pretty bumish behavior for the most part, right? A content creator is supposed to, you know, in some form or way, create more content. Uh, You usually see this like when they play games or uh, they do activities or something like that, where they, uh, you know, have some sort of persona on top of it. The the problem is, uh, is that a lot of these guys that are doing the reaction content now, at least for the bigger ones, don't really produce much of a reaction at all. Um, I forgot the skinny guy that plays World of Warcraft. I forgot his name. But if you compare him who does probably like 20 to 30-minute commentary on a subject when he watches the video to that of someone like XQC or uh, Hassan Piker, uh, you kind of see – it's like night and day, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you know there's been multiple instances in which both of these streamers I just mentioned – uh, will kind of like just leave the stream on while they go make dinner or something like that. And they collect donations like throughout it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I can't imagine what it's like to be like uh, someone that's like, you know, really thrown in your work for these like YouTube videos only to have your views get scalped uh, by someone that's like in the background making barbecue. Right. It just, it, it seems pretty lame. Granted, Am I fine with the general principle of React content? Although it's bummish, I will say, yeah, I'm fine with it, right? Granted, that there's some form or way of actually like showing a, something that's like different with it, right? We see this with like historians that react to uh, certain content, we see this with like uh, social analysts, psychologists, body language experts. In quotes, I'd say,
1: uh, people like Aber and Preach, too, because they, they they put like snippets in there, they don't, yeah. even like sit down or they put snippets and then just go through a whole spiel talking about it
2: so. exactly. And, and that content is being formulated throughout it. Did you manage to watch the uh XQC H3H3 debate on the subject? Oh, I didn't
1: watch it. De- I've seen clips, and everything I've heard from XQC was just like, it was like, you're get- how are you losing to it? h3h3 H3. like the the debate yeah. points that he was bringing out what's so surface level it's like he didn't actually have a point to make he was just defending himself that's what so it seemed like.
2: so i think um in some form or way i guess i have to play uh defense for ethan here i think he actually did a lot of prep for it uh and i think he actually swung pretty hard uh xqc i don't know what No, that's happened. what i'm saying
1: Ac- oh yeah okay annihilated no, XQC. Yeah, xqc yeah 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 it, on the
2: defense it, it, and it sucks because like my guy destiny was like the guy that coached him for all of this and then he just fumbled the bag like so fucking hard like he should have run the ball bro and he didn't you know what i mean <laughs> like it's an absolute nightmare a-
1: exactly the, the problem that a lot of people have and this is like this is not technically an xqc problem it's probably a human problem if for being completely honest is like pride even if you know that the activity you did in terms of leaving the stream and then coming back and <laughs> just leaving it on and barely saying anything, taking his thumbnail, like, you know this is wrong. So, it's it's easy. I'm sure Destiny told him this. Hopefully he told him this. He's going like, okay, take responsibility for this specific action, but defend the principle yeah. of reaction. Exactly. And then you would, you would definitely win because... There's actually, I would say, there's so much value in reaction content too, because it it gives an extra level of publicity to uh certain levels of con certain content too, that I think is uh sometimes underappreciated, and it also kind of brings in a no- more sense of community in terms of like other community because you see this uh, in the the basketball world because like in the basketball content space. A lot of people react to other people playing 1v1. A lot of people act to their 5v5s and all these other things. They react to it. Everybody's cool with it. All their communities are kind of blended in. The expectation is you see the first video, then you see the reaction to the video. So everybody's eating. Uh, I would actually say with that said, to bring kind of a touch upon a, a different point is I don't know if the, the politics game is necessarily the same. I, I mean, it is politics, but it's obviously like not everybody wants
0: everybody to eat. That, that's pretty yeah.
1: obvious. There's a, a lot of animosity between even people in the same space, right? So that's, a, that's probably a bad thing for... To be fair, XQC is not a political content creator, but he tends to blur the line sometimes when he has certain conversations.
2: Yeah. So like, I think for um, like with the sports stuff and you kind of brought up a good point with it, where a lot of these people see boost in their viewership. I think it was the professor who saw like around a hundred thousand to 200,000 views on a video, because uh, I think it was Kai Sinat, uh watched the video in the first place. Uh, and it actually like really helped the channel. And I even think he donated proceeds uh, to whatever the professor was doing for charities, right? As for political content reaction, look, dude, like I'll fully like defend it, right? I'm a drama hog when it comes down to it. And I-, I love watching these people just like go crazy over these things. Like, I'm sure you've probably seen the Hassan clip of him saying this Weasley little liar. And it- it's just a classic, right? Like him yeah. raging at Destiny is just amazing. Uh, and, you know, of course, like vice versa, right? Like with Vouch and all these other content creators. But I think for like... Uh, High fidelity productions, like high fidelity, meaning, you know, you actually have like uh, editing uh, of the video on like certain subject matters and the like, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of like graphics being put into a insightful thought research, right? Like a kraut video or uh, I guess for like the leftist uh, a Sean video, right? You can actually see like um, these guys, they get ruthlessly scalped by a lot of these uh, these content creators and it's, it, it just sucks, right? Uh, and I, I fully side with them uh, DMCAing these creators because the, the the views don't make up for the lack of content actually created. And I think that, uh, you know, Destiny put it pretty well. I think, uh, honestly, Hassan actually uh, knows this, right? But like usual, he's just too afraid to get out there and open, uh, like actually like show more criticism than he usually does. Granted, he does show criticism to other content creators who do it, but it's definitely a case of picking and choosing your battles uh, with publicity in mind. I'm sh- pretty sure that he probably like goes through it in his head and says, hey, is this worth the risk to me to like say what I actually think on the subject? And just disappointing. Yeah. Right. Like, obviously, you know, I'm I'm a little guy in all of this. I'm I'm basically like a nobody. But, you know, Hassan, if you do uh, manage to hear me sometime soon, just wise up, bro. I've seen your debates against Charlie Kirk. I've seen the power that your mind actively has. So, you know, like show some balls, get out there and call it out because you know it. I know you partake in it too. You know, it's wrong. So just get better. Right. And that goes out to all the other content creators as well.
1: Yeah. uh, It's such an interesting thing when we're looking at the, the political content landscape, because what feeds it instead of like the community aspect that a lot of other, um, like niches have, the well, feeds is obviously the, the 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 short clips, the snippets, the the drama as you said. I remember a uh, recent clip Hassan was uh, like attacking the of a vendor after he was getting attacked from that Kai Uh, you know, revolt not revolt. Like uh, what's right Riot. It honestly might be the let's best call it like, a riot, dude. Yeah, yeah they're just going they... crazy over there yeah. in New York. Is like, and. It, it's tough. It's I can't say it's tough because I think it's easy, but I have to be realistic. It is tough for a lot of people when they have a political allegiance to maybe kind of know what they mean. And this is actually goes hand in hand with the Anna Kasparian stuff, right? So she obviously she knows her allegiance to the left, and then now she's kind of rethinking a lot of things, and now she's thinking a little bit more critically and logically. And what happened in t- in turn? people on the left started attacking her. So it, it is tough for people. I could definitely see that, uh in terms of the reaction space in uh in terms of politics. But overall I think the the principle is pretty uh is fine. I think especially when you add a lot of content in the sense of your commentary, because another aspect that people don't think about is people love to watch the video through, they hear your commentary, but maybe they want to see the whole video without any skips and without any pause. So then they watch the whole video by themselves. So there's a lot of of things to it. Uh, It's not a simple, oh, don't react versus react type of situation. I I, I was going to say
2: something real quick. I think a lot of liberals and social Democrats, for that matter, kind of like are stuck in this thing where um, a lot of online leftists uh, criticize them and these liberals and social democrats feel as if that criticism is career ending right yeah like uh it's gonna like ruin me if i speak out against x y or z and uh step out of like the ideological purity on it right but as we've seen right it's just apparent that this isn't the case whatsoever however this like uh this kind of like phantom of these online leftists actually haunts a lot of these creators And genuinely makes them afraid that they'll try to dig up dirt on them. They'll try to get out there and, uh, you know, like mess with their events and stuff like that. And while this does happen, right, like, for example, what happened with uh, Destiny after the uh, Kenosha riots in the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, case, uh, where they went out of their way to uh, ruin his campaigning in Omaha, Nebraska for a Democratic politician, the majority of the time, I'll safely say is that these people don't have much power whatsoever, right? Yeah. A lot of them are people that, you know, I, I don't like saying this a lot, but they are people that just live at home and are usually unemployed, right? They they don't have the political power to actually really take you down. They can start petitions against you, they can start all these different things against you. But as long as your rhetoric is sound and right, you can away with these things and say it, right? And I assume we're going to talk about the Sanat stuff in detail. So let's just break into it here, right? The way Hassan has been talking about this is cowardly, right? Hassan yeah. knows what, what the problem is here, right? Hassan knows that this was supposed to be a regular event, right? Where they were doing some like, uh, you know, philanthropic uh, activities of like, you know, giving out these game systems and stuff like that. And then it spiraled into a riot, right? he likes to say that the media is trying to portray it as a bank run, right? Granted, I do agree that sometimes the media, when it comes to like uh, black Americans assembling and stuff like that, they can be pretty negative towards them, label them as like thugs, robbers, et cetera, right? But I think the footage in this one kind of spoke for itself, right? The the activity in it was just absolutely uncondonable. And I'm sure he probably thinks the same way. But to try to uh, dilute uh, the information pool on what happened, right? For example, when he said, look, they're just stealing a bag of chips from a vendor later on, I think like messing with the vendor stand and assaulting an elderly person, not to mention the property damage, but I don't think they really care about that. Uh, I, I think it just is something that is readily apparent. And is easy to say that we should prosecute people that allow for these things to happen. Uh, Kaisanat did not get a permit to actually do the event in the first place. His staff, uh, and I'll I'll agree with Abba and preach on this, right? Uh, his staff are definitely be held even more liable than Kaisenat himself because his event organizer did not go through the proper avenues that were actually supposed to be had so they could get the event going. And because of that, I just think that it's absolutely cowardly of Hassan to not step up and say it out loud That this is something that is absolutely unacceptable, right? And furthermore, for him to obfuscate the information is just kind of cruel, right? I get that he doesn't care about property damage on this scale, or rather, he doesn't care about it so much so that he's willing to speak up about it. But the 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 attack on the older guy, the attack on some of the vendors, these working class people, this proletariat that he often talks about protecting, is being attacked. And even if it's other members of that proletariat, that working class that's doing it, you still have to call it out, right? You have to moderate it and you have to actively police it. So it's not that hard, right? That sometimes yeah. the media can be mean to black people on these type of things, but come on, man.
1: Yeah, obviously, the this is one thing I hate in terms of like these circumstances is that they overha- they already have an overarching opinion based on who's presenting the information. when. The logical thing is obviously take things to a, uh, you know, fact by fact basis, look at the context of the situation, the context of the situation from what I'm aware of is Kai kind of just thought, OK, let me put this on Instagram and we should be good. And that's one of the most irresponsible things he could do, being that famous, being that popular. And this goes hand in hand with the, the main topic that we're going to talk about, and that's individual responsibility as content creators moving forward. Now, obviously, I'm speaking from uh, the reason why I'm speaking on this, because I realize, especially moving forward, how much responsibility, impact, and influence a lot of these content creators have. And I'm comparing it to like old influential people, not old as in like old people, but like older types of influential people that you think of, right? And those would be similar. They would still exist today in terms of mainstream media, but they would be much more impactful probably back in the day you know people that are actors for example people that are musicians of course um and even like politicians or whatever very very famous people is the point of this and obviously athletes i forgot to say athletes as well now the 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 branch of fame and influence has extended from those people to individual content creators. And what I feel from back in the day is that there was a realization that your influence and your impact is extraordinary, which means that everything you do has to be carefully thought out. There's the whole, p; they all have a PR team. Some people don't like that because the, the appeal to content creators nowadays is the authenticity aspect But that authenticity can be damaging if you don't take into account the influence you currently have. One thing that I I do hear from content creators sometimes, and I and I at this point, maybe a couple years ago, I've been like, you know what? Fair enough, because I know some athletes say this, too. But after like maturing and really thinking about this, it's not a good statement to make. It's actually a very lazy statement to make when you said I had no plan to be a role model. It comes with the gig. If you are becoming famous, if you are becoming rich, if you're becoming a notable individual due to that same in the same impact, the same amount of people that are giving you their attention and their money, those are the same people that you're influencing. So it's hand in hand when it comes down to growing as an individual based off clout at the end of the day. So you're automatically a role model and there's a reason why so many people nowadays are getting, especially the young, are getting so strongly influenced by people like Kai, by people like Speed. These people are barely over 20 years old, but because of their clout versus their, not even, yes, their character and because they're entertaining, but because of how much uh, impact they have, and I guess the entertaining part, them as like Role models. When you think of role models, it's like grown individuals who are supposed to, you know, teach the people of the next generation. They don't have that aspect, from what I'm seeing. No offense, but they you don't need that to be a role model because it comes with the territory. So that's a conversation we definitely need to need, need to have here, uh, Paul. What do you think?
2: So, like, um, I kind of view content creators that kind of get big as the same way I view politicians, which is uh, not obviously in the same way that like they influence our laws, right? Like content creators don't do that. They have like some influence over our society, but the the comparison I'm making here is just the view of empathy that I have for them. Right. When they say I didn't want this, I don't care. Right. Like uh, once again, I get I'm the little guy and the content creator can give a le- less of a fuck about me if they want. Right. But the reality is, is that, you do have an impact. And furthermore, I mean, yeah, your fans are your content, right? Like they, they are the people that are actively following you. They do the things that you do. I think it was uh Gideon actually made a video about how someone stole his do-rag one time. uh, oh, yeah, Like out yep. in, yeah, out in open public. But I'll tell Gideon, man, like that is kind of a consequence of some of the content you've created, right? You, you actively fuck with people in uh, public all the time. You go out there and uh, you kind of give them a little bit of a hard time here and there. And as a result of that, dude, I mean, look, I'm not going to say you get what's coming for you because I don't really believe in that type of logic, but I will say it is somewhat of a natural consequence for something that will happen because of the content that you produce, right? And I I don't think I can have much empathy for you in that fashion. Uh, The reality is, is that you have become a celebrity. And like all celebrities, right? I, I feel as if that you've transcended us normal working class people, right? And you just don't really deserve a lot of my empathy because of it, right?
1: Yeah. And the, the the fact that you can become so famous and so impactful, not easily, but like the route to you doing it is like you can create your own content and hope it bangs versus obviously something like being an actor or being a athlete there are so many more hopes you have to run through there's so much more like roadblocks that's stopping you from getting to where you got to go it's so at the end of the day it's, it's a lot more like gamey if we're being completely honest the levels is different i'm not saying becoming a content creator is easy because it's not well the road to becoming a content creator in terms of the you know impediment that is trying to stop you from getting where you got to go is not nearly as strenuous in comparison to all the other uh individuals and influencers of of old that got so popular and so famous from whatever route they got famous from and the reason why this is important to know is because all these impactful content creators what they've done is they influence so many of the youth to also be content creators. And to go into what you said in terms of Gideon, what people are starting to think, especially now nowadays, where everybody, I swear, like every video I see, everybody has their phone out to record every single thing. And I'm not I'm not trying to be like a boomer, or anything, but like, do you really have to record everything? It's just everybody wants that clout because everyone realized if I go viral, if someone reacts to my stuff, if uh, someone talks about this video that I made, I can get famous. So they, they realize that some activities, or actually a lot of activities that they see, they want to emanate. And when we look at people like Kai, right? Kai is extremely entertaining. I would even say he's a bad dude, but we look at what you do in terms of the content that you produce, being extremely wild, inviting a lot of women, having firework wars in your house. Of course, you're going to influence someone's like, oh, this is what I have to do. Gideon with all his pranks, although I love his pranks, they're extremely creative, but doing those things, people are going to think, okay, this is what I have to do. A perfect example, I don't know, if Paul, if you know who I'm talking about, but that guy named Millie, I think that's his name, from um, the UK, he was influenced, obviously, by content creator Pranksters. And what did we see? He wanted to go to another level, so he stands out. So he does stuff by going into people's homes. He does stuff by stealing people's dogs. He's quoting it as pranks, but this inherently, these are not okay activities. Those are not good activities to do but he got popular enough in terms of the the notoriety it's negative publicity but publicity is publicity but he got popular enough to appear on like an Aiden Ross show a Gideon show that um Piers Morgan show he actually was on that too they're all flaming him but he got what he wanted the attention so the next person's going to think okay if I want the attention I have to be even wilder the, the thing that I'm kind of like protest, not protesting, but like telling or asking content creators to do is you can be your authentic self. You could be your creative self. There's there's a kind of beauty. This is kind of why I do content creation too, because I want to speak the, the politics game based off my personal way and perspective, but you have to establish a certain sense of uh, a barrier From the audience versus what you're doing, saying what I'm doing is not okay. What I'm doing is my own choice. What I'm doing shouldn't be, you know, copied for other people to do. And I don't think any content creator that I've seen, especially the big ones, do any of that. I don't think any of them try to make a a distinction between this is just content. They say, oh, yeah, this is content. But they don't make a strong enough distinction for their audience to realize that these are actions that the general people should not be doing, and I think that's a very powerful thing to do as a consecrator in terms of taking self uh, self responsibility. So, um, what do you what, what do you think about uh, self responsibility? How do you think consecrators can take more responsibility well, as an individual?
2: I, I really don't think that they can in a lot of cases, right? Like you said, they're kind of beholden to their viewers and their income stream does come from activities that they actually partake in, right? As a result of that, I actually don't think it's on them to actually deter these things. I think it's up to the state. And uh, I could say the viewership, but I don't really think the viewership is going to hold them that accountable. Only if something like, exactly, only if something like absolutely outrageous, like canceling for sexual assault uh or like battery maybe can do it but even then we've seen people get off of that before uh it it does come up to prosecution under the law or civil suits against these uh individuals that do it i was gonna ask you the question you know what do you think the best deterrent is for this yourself
1: so it really it's so tough for me to say this but I think there there needs to be a realization that a lot of these individuals Especially the young ones, to expect them to have the, um, I guess, like, uh, ma- to expect them to be mature enough. That's the best word I'm going to use because the other word, I-, I can't say it. To expect them to be mature enough to understand how their actions can be detrimental to the youth that is potentially viewing their content is unrealistic i I try to always think in terms of what is realistic and that may be unrealistic especially like you said they want to make sure they're authentic they want to make sure they're not affecting their income stream so the only best case scenario is we have to make it where these individuals have to have a certain level of representation and obviously that exists in like all other fields right when you go into sports you automatically have an agent when you go into Hollywood, probably the same thing. When you're a politician, the amount of people checking you and making sure you're not being stupid is, you know, numerous. Um, obviously, we got to make sure that we're finding the right balance so we don't make content creation a corporation necessarily, which is kind of some of people's issues with certain things in Hollywood because this is the entertainment business and the best the best, uh, ex- uh I guess copy of what content creators do is Hollywood, but we know all the issues Hollywood has uh, on a lot of different circumstances, but we do have to figure out to, especially I know certain content creators in YouTube and Twitch, they have like, you know, uh, some type of helper. I forgot what they're called. They got a, they got a guy basically that they can contact straight from whatever platform they're using to ask them questions. I do think there needs to be a serious conversation that when a content creator gets big enough that they automatically have to have representation to make sure that they are going in the right direction.
2: I really don't think, uh, just like in the sake of business law, right. I don't think that this is something that even in like politically speaking can actually be passed though. Right. Because the implications it can have for other businesses is pretty insane. Uh, keep in mind, right. A lot of, um, content creators usually are operating on, um, you know, pretty low income at their start, unless you incorporate uh, Patreon and other subscription-based uh, services into it. Right. Um, but look, like I agree on a personal level, right? If I'm the content creator, if I'm talking to a content creator, I'm going to tell them and I'm going to get an advisor to tell me not to do things. Right. A great example of someone just absolutely, I think, ignoring the advice of their peers was when JonTron talked about race right uh i don't know if you're familiar with this but uh john tron the way destiny got really popular was through this debate he had with john tron after john tron was uh espousing a lot of views about um how like whites uh have like higher iq levels and how they uh are uh, less prone to committing crime and how like uh in a way or sense they're kind of just like better right and he said all this stuff absolutely unmoderated. Now, granted, you know, in the pursuit of truth, I think, you know, I'll say, look, let him speak, right? Let him cook, as they say. But uh, on a business standpoint, I'll tell the guy to say, hey, look, I don't think you should do that. You should 100% get someone to somewhat manage you. But a lot of these content creators usually either can't afford it. And like when they're starting off, John Chon definitely could have. Um, or the other aspect is that, a lot of these guys want to run a really tight shift and furthermore like you said they want to have that like um, raw type of personality that's with them right they want to appeal to their viewers they want to have that personality that uh, kind of like i don't say cult of personality but you know what i'm getting at kind yeah. of arise with their viewership so that they uh, can have like on an, an almost unconditional faith within them right And I think JonTron walked away relatively unscathed after the debate, even though he, uh, I think, took a creative hiatus afterwards. But with that being said, you know, in terms of getting this like uh, implemented on a policy level, I just don't think it's possible, Riddell. Like, I think that the implications it would have on broader business, like imagine, for example, let's say you're running a... um, like a notary firm, right? Like uh you notarize documents or something like that.
0: Yeah. And then
2: outside of it, uh, you live in this like really dense liberal area and you put up like a a Trump flag or something like that. Uh, you and I would both tell that person, this is a really bad fucking idea, right? Like, you know, you, you really shouldn't do this, bro. It can have implications on your business, it can cause protesters, people to uh boycott it, etc. Right. Um, or let's say like you just like say something racist online, right? Uh, I, of course, you know, once again, we would tell them not to, but to um, kind of beholden business owners, creators, uh, independent contractors, et cetera, to a standard of needing consultation, I think creates not even just like a nanny state, but something that makes a lot of starting businesses relatively untenable, unless the market can figure out a way to, you know, make it kind of like cheaper. So it's like more affordable, but I don't trust the market for anything. in most cases, I think that it won't work that well.
1: So basically how I'm thinking it, because then in a, in a policy wise, I definitely agree with you. It'd be hard to implement this policy wise and make it make sense. But I don't think necessarily a lot of the, the f- kind of niches of influential individuals have a policy where like agents are required. Like, um in the NFL, you technically can represent yourself. And I think Lamar Jackson either did it himself. I think it was a combination of he does it himself and he has his mother help him. But he doesn't have an agent necessarily. But I do think there's something to be said that the overarching company that everybody works for, in terms of YouTube, Twitch, Kick, whatever it is, if they incentivize... Representation as a more strong, uh, thing for content creators who hit a certain level. So not all content creators need representation, especially because we know that your impact won't reach. The only reason why, the moment you like declare for the draft, you you probably should get representation because like once you declare for the draft, you're gonna have agents hitting you up because the expectation now is like even though you may not be one of the stars, even as a bench player, you have a lot of influence over a lot of people. So there there has there's definitely a threshold of okay this is probably when your representation should start what that number would be for each content sphere, we could definitely kind of discuss how much we uh the the proportion of their influence versus the the amount of followers subscribers they have that's a number we i feel like we probably can find a a general estimate for but with that said If these companies were to incentivize a certain level of representation, and I I do think agents and lawyers um, would start popping up much more moving forward that are content creator specific agents. And I'm sure someone would start an agency for that as well. But I'm sure at the very least, these companies can uh, look for a third party that kind of knows what they're talking about in terms of you know, the entertainment business, because like I said, this is this what content creators do and what people in Hollywood do, they're they're similar enough where you can find some overlap. So with that said, it would have to be more of a cultural uh, influence by the corporate, the overarching company that incentivizes these content creators that you need to get representation Therefore, once it becomes established that people got representation and people know about it, because I also think that a lot of people actually do have representation. Kai technically does have representation because Gideon did say it, but they never really let people know. And letting people know that I have representation, I have people looking out for me is another big part to kind of tell other content creators coming up that, Hey, I probably should have representation. A hey, so there's just a lot of things I feel like or in, in this specific situation, that's how I would go about it or that's how it, I would argue for it. And moving forward, I feel like this is going to be more and more important because I can only see the trajectory of the content creators. I don't I can't really see them like dwindling in popularity and infamy because everybody has a phone. Everybody wants to be a, a content creator. And I only can see, honestly, as of right now, I only can see things getting worse if people are not kind of PRing these content creators. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, but like once again, right? Like, um, I don't know. I just on like a regulatory basis, I really don't think it's like uh, that tenable, uh, especially considering the precedent that could be set. Right? Like, I understand even if you have like a like a mandate, like a mandatory minimum viewership, right? To then enact it. I just don't think it's going to really play ball.
1: Yeah. I mean, at that point uh, w- I would have to agree to disagree because I do think it would be, it would work in a way that once we find that number, because you could say there's a, I do, there's a lot more that goes into it, obviously than uh subscribers and followers. Cause you have people like destiny who is like what, Close to a mil, maybe a mil in terms of subscribers on YouTube. And then he probably gets more, uh, he probably gets more interaction from his fan base than someone probably who has maybe 5 million subscribers. So there's probably a lot of statistics you would have to look into in terms of engagement versus followers versus um, overall outreach in terms of hey, this car consecrator did this. How did it affect people as a whole? there's a, probably a lot of uh, analytics you can go into in terms of that. And you could find a good number for it. Um, overall, the, 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 the point of this is to make sure that these content creators who, as of right now, in terms of some of the most influential people, like they're reaching heights in terms of influence where they are legitimately challenging some of the most influential people on like other niches, like, athletes actors musicians like legitimately like you can make an argument that kai is more famous than a good chunk of like musicians he's probably more famous than all musicians his age um probably there probably is an argument based on actors around his age but he's probably just gonna get more famous with that said and what and as they as it keeps on going on if his management doesn't get better because that's the hope his management gets better from this circumstance, from this mistake, then whatever he does next could be even more damaging to the the next city, for example.
2: Sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have much uh, commentary to offer aside from what I've already offered on it, unfortunately. I, I don't know. Like, look, I'm sure you and I see eye to eye on everything except probably this area. Um, uh, here's a question for you, actually do you think that there should be a separate uh, policing body uh, within the federal government? It could be like relatively small for that of celebrities.
1: No, not necessarily. No, I wouldn't go that far in terms of a, a new policing body for celebrities. Um, it's really hard to kind of figure out what exactly they're going to be policing. And especially once you kind of, make a distinction between this policing department and the people they're interacting. I would be worried that they will be kind of too involved since they are directly influence or directly related to whatever celebrity that they are kind of policing. And they'll be kind of too involved. There's really no way to, to make sure that there's no potential tampering and bias from that department versus the celebrity that they're policing. Um, well,
2: let me push back against that really quick. So like, couldn't you say that we could extend this argument, for example, to granted, it's not going to be that sensible, in my opinion, but we had like federal investigation bureaus for like the Casa Nostra, like, you know, the Italian crime families and stuff like that. Right. And that in, that involvement led to their arrest, right? I think having like a base level of some form of surveillance against, um, uh, or, you know, just general, like looking into when the case actually, you know, presents itself for content creators, I think is a pretty responsible thing, right? Uh, granted, you know, uh, there's like implications with some of the aspects of the first amendment, but I think, uh, let's extend this to like, um, these like political radicals that stream, right? Like Nick Fuentes, Eric Stryker, et cetera. All right. Right. I, I think that, you know, you can have this do some real good. And I think, um, if anything, I don't really think we're going to see a lot of uh, tamper scale, considering the uh, federal government, at least within the Department of Justice's kind of accountability. Right?
1: Yeah, so I definitely see what you're saying in terms of the the family that you're referring to but obviously the distinction for me is that it's very apparent that the actions being committed by said family or whatever crime organization you're referring to are actions that are negatively impacting society as a whole. When it comes to celebrities and content creators, that it'd be hard pressed to sell that type of aspect. Um, if you have it baseline to where like any action that happens, they react to said action versus them doing research and them following all the activities. I'd probably be more in favor of that because once these individuals kind of the, the appeal for content creators is like being attracted to their personality and them as people. So, when it comes to, to the expectation for me that people won't be able, won't be attracted, not like sexually, obviously, but won't be attracted to their personality if they do like a lot of research or look them up constantly. It will be hard pressed because once they have to act upon a negative action, how how much faith I would have them to do what is necessary will be will be difficult for me to be confident in because that, that's kind of where I'm coming from, from uh, from that point of view.
2: Okay, yeah, I can see some of that, sure.
1: Um, But I, I guess to to kind of go into uh, another aspect of the, the content creator space, because like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot in, in depth in terms of the content creators and their growth of influence. And a lot of individuals who are also trying to go down the route as content creation, do you, Paul, I'm, I'm curious to what your thoughts about this. In terms of content creation and the ease of becoming a content creator, in comparison to a lot of these other influential fields, how far do you think content creators, um, as a as a I guess career path would go, in in terms of
0: the like number one dream
1: dream job, right? Because like the number yeah. one dream job, a lot of the kids would say back in the day would be like an athlete, an actor, maybe a doctor, or whatever. But moving forward. I mean, it's hard-pressed for me to say that I think a lot of kids at this point are going to want to become content creators, right?
2: Yeah, like I think that there's a lot of impact on the youth uh, to do so. I worked with a lot of kids uh, of like uh, poor backgrounds, uh, at risk, uh, and you know those that had less opportunity. And it is seen as like a, a way to kind of like get into this type of thing. Uh, I think it can serve as a distractor to you know, career progressing. Uh, But that being said, I mean, kind of like you said, with athletes and stuff like that, these things have always existed now for the um, how do I put it, the like the long term future for someone that does become a content creator, I think that's where the question actually gets kind of interesting, right? Because the attrition rate for these content creators is pretty difficult, right? Uh, Securing an active fan base that won't just uh, migrate over to another one and uh, stay significantly more consistent with that uh creator is something that's very real for a lot of these people now we've seen for example a lot of uh you know like the uh what what are they called who are the girls that are the most viewed people on tiktok the Demalios, i think they're called
1: oh yeah like Demilio?
2: yeah they've had the ability to uh i think you know sufficiently and admirably for that matter uh, kind of weave their way into uh, high fidelity contracts. Uh, they have like good wealth managers. They have, um, you know, other avenues such as like merch lines and whatnot. Right. But uh, I'm sure you kind of seen this with like Twitch streamers that for example, they get like a, a host from someone and they think that they're going to make it. And then there's just a massive fall off after it. It, yeah. it doesn't really produce much. So the thing I'll tell everyone, right. Is, you know, look, I think it's great that your kid wants to try it and you should encourage them to some element or some level but you need to continue pushing them into their other goals that they already had and make sure they do not abandon them, right? This can be said for anything else like athletics, professional gaming, uh and other things that are a little bit unrealistic or rather get into fields that have uh such massive attrition rates uh because of things outside of their own control, right? It's not like academics where you could go um, you know, into a doctoral program or something like that. And I understand why people do this is because it is, you know, a way that you don't have to like, uh, put yourself in the debt from a trade school or from higher level education. Right. But the the thing I'll just still stay say is that like being an athlete, there's a lot of other people trying to be athletes in this. And that pool is so large that only there are some that can come out on top and furthermore actually stay consistently on top. It's like, uh, it's like an athlete that's uh, continually at risk of getting a career-ending injury at all points in time, right? You never know when it's going to happen. It can be something that's almost even uncontrollable. There can be another force of nature that gets in the way, car accident, uh, bad day on the court, et cetera, right? And it's just something that's not really worth pursuing, I think, for a lot of young people. Uh, you know, stay in school, uh, get out there and really pursue those original dreams you had as a kid rather than the stuff that, you know, I think a lot of this like uh, capitalism has kind of produced, right? Yeah. So
1: for me, when it comes down to it, because after we had the discussion about content creator, individual responsibility and how their actions can be negative for the public as a whole, another aspect of it is the influence of becoming a content creator, which is what we're talking about um, right now. And the reason why I see it a little bit differently from like the other professions that you were speaking of is like there are active barriers to kind of figure out that I'm not made for this. Right. When it comes to athletes, for example, you know, you when it comes down to it, if you're not good when you're like a a kid, that's one hint. If you're not good in middle school, that's another hint. If you're not. And once you hit high school and you're if you're not one of those guys, that's another hint. And then it goes to AAU, it goes to college, and then obviously the pros. Now, there are so many barriers, there's so many checkpoints, better yet, that kind of tells you that this is not for me. And those checkpoints can really help you understand that I can, I probably should go this different path. And the, the stuff with the injuries thing is also very interesting. But I would say the moment you make a pro, then you already got a very, very large contract. You already are kind of set up to kind of, even if you get an injury, you have a certain level of influence and impact, or you can invest that money into a different job. Like you're kind of set, you'll be good. You made it to the pros. If you get injured, you could probably do something else and still live the rest of your life the way you want it. When it comes to the content creator space, which I think is a lot different, is that I don't think those checkpoints exist. And like you said, there's always these false expectations that I'm going to get clout from maybe a host, maybe a couple of likes. Maybe this one video popped off for like a couple thousand views. And now my expectations, I'm just going to keep on going up from that. But we know the content creation space is extremely volatile. That's why people say the best thing you can do, obviously, is making engaging content and being consistent. But even when you do. But one or both of those things and learning the skills to do those things is very time consuming for especially making a very engaging content. Uh, It took a genius like Mr. Beast to kind of get to where he's at. And he was doing a lot of trial and error. Um, What it especially when you look at a lot of the big content creators, I think you probably noticed this, too. A lot of those big content creators, the only way they had the amount of time to succeed is because they did nothing else but that. They put all their time and effort in that in a much less like competitive space when it was way less known. And by doing that and con- being consistent with it, then they became who they are today. The volatility, now that everybody's trying to do it, And now with the aspect that, okay, if I'm going to make engaging content, I'm going to have to look at the people who already do the content and copy them and potentially do something way too outrageous, as we've seen time and time again, to the point where it's actually ridiculous how much people, what people would do for clout. I I don't know how much you scroll on TikTok, but it's actually so annoying to see what these people would do for a little bit of attention, a little bit of a clout, a little bit of a prank. They think, oh, it's a camera. So it's all ha ha. It's like, bro, this, no, 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 that's not how, how it works. So that's why I'm thinking like, if content creation becomes like the number one dream job and it doesn't have these checkpoints that I see that all their positions have, it's way more volatile and in the upwards uh, and more competitive it's way harder to convince. I. Uh, uh, it's way harder for us to kind of ex. Uh, what's the best way I could put this? It's way harder for me to see this as a m- more as a lucrative career path, especially in comparison to the other influential ones like an actor or an athlete, where you have these checkpoints and where you can kind of figure out that I'm meant for this.
2: Yeah, I mean, look. Something I'll say is like um, in regards to these people that do these insane things for clout, this one definitely comes down. I think uh, uh, platforms, right. To uh just get rid of a lot of this content. Uh, now this is going to probably take uh, forms of legislation in this regard, right? Because these platforms aren't going to do it because you know, it creates a lot of fucking money for them. Right. Um, that being said, Uh, I really do think that, um, in the instances of these guys breaking the law, uh, the, the boot of the state does have to come down, right? Uh, if you're harassing people at your local Walmart and just fucking with them while they live these monotonous lives of hell and torment, uh, trying to get by as working class Americans, you fucking suck. And you you deserve, I think in this case, uh, some real deal, at least like societal neglect, and uh, a lot of this, right? And people who will listen will either say one or two things. They'll say, I'm right. Or they'll say, you know, like, uh, why are you so heavy handed? I'm heavy handed because, you know, I, I know people that are dirt poor and they live already depressing lives enough. They're from broken homes. They have hard enough lives and you messing with them and making money off of their reaction is just, I think it's just despicable. Right. It's, and it's fucking gross. Right. This goes out to any leftist that's listening to me. Right. If you truly do love the working class and you want to protect them, then protect them and protect their fucking dignity. You don't need to just like shell out uh, or sell out all the time uh, to these content creators uh, or be afraid of criticizing them because they might be a person of color or something like that. Just show some fucking balls and try to protect the people that live on this and torment in this country uh, and start pushing policy that will benefit them. Don't play defense for these people that are just hurting them. That's all I got to say on that.
1: I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I get really tired of seeing that. And I, I want to touch upon another part of this as well, part of this conversation, because there's so many important aspects and I feel like there's two more that I feel like we should discuss. And one is like the, impact, and I guess we kind of talked about it, but let's kind of resurface the conversation a little bit, is that the impact of opinions on the content creation space, right? And I see a lot of people make so many opinions When I scroll through TikTok, obviously we have some infamous people like Andrew Tate who are saying things that once you really think about it, none of it makes any sense. He's just saying things and he's just rich and has a lot of women around him. So people believe him, but you can just go scroll through TikTok and you see people. And I saw a funny TikTok because this guy was like, bro, people just be making TikToks and they just be lying to you and all of you just believe it because you believe it because it sounds good. So another aspect is one I've already we already talked about the actions and how it can lead to negative consequences, especially if the guy has uh, no type of responsibility that he's taking in, in terms of being a role model. But also the things that they say and the aspect of how that can influence people, and that also goes into like people not pring them. Um, I would say I feel like you could also argue especially nowadays where people are just having opinions about everything without being like fact check, I would argue and let me know what your thoughts about this, that it could honestly be more damaging in terms of what people are saying and people just believing what they're saying without like ever like fact checking or doing their own research in terms of uh uh content creators and them not being responsible enough to realize that what I'm saying could actually make a lot of people believe it. And I think you brought in a perfect example, like Nick Fuentes, for example, right? So what what do you think about that aspect?
2: I'm not sure I kind of like understand the question. Can you rephrase it? So do you think
0: uh,
1: someone's words versus like all the pranks and all the activities in terms of being irresponsible, but do you think someone's opinions and their words can be more damaging than those individuals? 100%.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Forming like political movements uh, is significantly worse than that of individual action, right? Like I'll say it, right? Like the people that are motivated to do like these, you know, cavalier pranks and just to fuck with working class people are kind of like, you know, uh, drops in the barrel. The the real deal threat though comes from the societal implications people like Tate and Fuentes can uh, make on our countrymen, right? Like, uh, let's just be real here. Right. Andrew Tate is a fucking criminal thug, right? There's no other way to get around it. He's a pimp and he's a piece of shit and he influences so many young men in this country. Right. Uh, you know, if people want to try to like pull the race card on me for calling him a thug, right. Uh, they can eat me for all I care. Right. The the reality is, is this is someone that profiteers off of women, he actively manipulates them into getting into the industry. You could cry consent all you want. We'll see how the charges go against him. Right. But uh, when it comes down to it, yeah, these guys have like massive impact. I remember one day I was, uh, you know, working with the kids and I saw one and uh, he was watching a video of it. He was like, you know, he's onto something. Now, granted, I don't think he really understood everything in it. And I think he was maybe just joking with me. Right. But w- what happens to the kids that don't think that? Right. I know a lot of young guys that watched like, um, yeah, I'm not going to say the title of the video, right? So I don't like, you know, propagate it out there, but they watched like um, Holocaust denial videos uh, in like kind of like the 2014 through 20, like uh, 16 years, right? Uh, And they became like, you know, avid Nazis for a while. They embraced these like fascistic ideals. Uh, They cut themselves off from family. Uh, They radicalized in a lot of ways. Some of them went to prison. All right? Uh, not the people I know, but, you know, people that fell into this, right? Th- this is just so much worse than the other, right? I'm not going to be one of these, uh, you know, conservatives that try to obfuscate and say, oh, no, you know, like people like Kai Sinatra are worse than Nick Fuentes. Like, no, absolutely not, right? Anyone that says that's a coward. Uh, the reality is, is that if you can build like a political base, and furthermore, start activity that actually distances people from their own families, destroys their communities and divides them. That is so much more damaging than that of something like, uh, you know, uh, stealing someone's groceries at a, you know, like at a grocery store.
1: And I a hundred percent agree. And there's also something to be said that it's so much easier to capture people based off some ludicrous opinion versus some like prank. Right, we uh, that's how exactly how Andrew Tate and Nick Fuentes got so popular. That's exactly how the red pill community and just pearly things get popular. Saying ludicrous things And it's so ludicrous, but it kind of captures you based on how ridiculous it is, especially those people who kind of want to buy into it because of their current lifestyle is depressing and there's really no direction as of right now. And it's not just like the far right uh, crazies either. It's the far lefties too have people who kind of influence a lot of people through their, you know, uh, whatever they're talking about. And influence them to believing that their rhetoric is the right one. Uh, it, it's absolutely insane that you don't even need to be like an extremely popular content creator to influence the masses based off some opinion. For example, right? I saw something on social media, and I, I was and I was like, "Bro, ain't no way someone believes this." And this guy, I don't remember if it was a Twitter post or a TikTok video, but someone tried to make a claim that the fires in Maui were fake because the trees weren't burnt down all the way and the power poles weren't burnt down all the way. And I went through the comment section. I was like, hoping like people probably just flame in the sky. And then a bunch of people like, oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And it just shows you. That this guy doesn't even have to be the most popular guy; he could just say something ludicrous and appeal to these masses of people that have nothing going on for themselves. It's crazy.
2: No, it's it's kind of nutty how like the monotony that people actually like have in their lives can allow them to just jump down these like really deep rabbit holes. Um, similarly to this, are you familiar with the, like where this theory came from? Which theory? The theory that the the Maui fires were uh, like man made. Or they oh, like, no, I have yeah. no idea where it came from. So They came from um, this conspiracy theory that was propagated by some creators online, but furthermore, by uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the uh, congresswoman from uh, Georgia, where they alleged that uh, the government, an arsonist, using um, these uh, high-frequency um, space lasers. Uh, that would, uh, fire down uh, oh <laughs> on God. these areas. Yeah. Uh, and look, like I'm going to agree with you, bro. Right. I'm sure you've probably seen it yourself, but the best way to lose your fucking mind is by going onto a YouTube video that has some political nature, uh, some, or like something that's like a little bit centrist and just looking at the comment section, you can see crazy stuff in there. You could see like paranoid schizophrenics posting John 3:16 over and over again. Right. Uh, and then you see the like their video history and they have like videos of them like talking about how like the police are gang stalking them and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and it's there. And the worst part is that, like you said, on those comments and you just hope and pray in your mind that they're going to be uh, disavowed. Everyone's like, dude, you are on to something here. And it's just like, I don't know. It makes you want to put a gun in your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: No, 100 percent. <laughs> Bro, it's 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 so annoying seeing all this stuff and it's much harder to kind of figure out how to fix this problem, because at the very least with the you know influence of content creators, I feel like you can find a certain point when you know their influence really impacts people when when it comes to like saying crazy stuff on the Internet, like anybody can say crazy stuff on the Internet. And for some reason, it gets popular because of all these people that we're talking about. And to check that is almost impossible, right? Unless we kind of limit their freedom of speech to certain things in some way. And, you know, it gets you kind of blackpilled to go like, bro, we got to just get this stupid, these stupid ideologies and stupid opinions off the, off the platform. Sometimes that's what, that definitely gets you blackpilled to think that because it's actually crazy how much people want to believe these crazy things versus like, not even versus like Thinking that it's just a crazy conspiracy from some depressing dude or some depressing girl, I've seen so it's actually insane how many American and they all kind of look the same too. All these American conspiracy theories about all these different things. So they're much harder to check. The only thing I could say about that, uh, because it's mostly like grown adults, it's not even a kid thing at this point, is that if you see it, you going to have to check it, bro. That's the best thing I could say about that because I don't really think there's anything to kind of stop this really and me and paul agree that it's more damaging you just kind of have to continuously check it you have to you tell people that this is get people to agree with you in a way say like bro this is kind of ridiculous just think about it more and this is kind of where the discussion aspect goes into it a little little deeper that you got to have discussions with people you got to talk to people say bro this is ridiculous um and this is kind of like why Uh, this platform exists and why I've started going on panels too, because not going to lie. Um, I went on a panel recently, Paul on Wix channel and the, the panel discussion was about slurs versus anti slurs. Right. And I was in the camp of, there's no reason people should be using slurs. They have no value. You're just being edgy. So that's where I come from in terms of slurs. Um, and, the person that was on my side, because the other people were all like, oh, yeah, we should use slurs. The only person that was on my side in terms of anti-slur had a very, uh, re- they started digging deep in her because she said some wild things back in the day. And and she think, said things that are arguably worse than saying a slur. And again, it just goes into that. You got to have these discussions because if you if I allowed the person that was with me to kind of make the case, nobody would even challenge it because everybody would have been like, "Uh, yeah, we should have slurs because whatever this other person was saying was not it. Right. So people, if you know that what you're hearing is crazy, you just got to get involved with the discussion and try to like convince people in a way or at the very least allow people to hear your perspective so it's not a echo chamber of just conspiracy theorists in the comment section right so uh what do you, what do you think paul do you think there's a, another better way in terms of dealing with these people
2: uh like all well, the slur stuff you know i the, the thing i always just try to do is like you know explain like uh why we don't say them <laughs> and stuff like that right but for the echo chamber stuff they're, they're really unfortunately is no real way to uh, break it up. Like a lot of people's yeah. like, education, but th- that starts at like the grassroot before people have like ideological commitments. Right. Uh, past that, I, I think that, uh, you know, the crazies and the disillusioned are going to stay crazy and disillusioned. Right. Uh, th- there's no real way to wake them up. And a lot of the people in these comment sections, unfortunately, bear some form of like, uh, uh, mental illness, I think, uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, which sucks, uh, but I, there's really not much you can do, man. Uh, I, I'm sorry for the short answer, but... <laughs> no, like
1: no, I mean, yeah. I, I was just trying to hear if you had something other other to add, because I, I, like I said, there's really not much you can do about these situations, right? So with that said, at the very least, listen to what I said. If you see something dumb, call it out briefly. You know, just call it out. Shame is a good thing. It's a good thing. Don't make them believe that shame is a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, but the last point that I wanted to bring up is like we, we went over a lot of aspects of content creators and their responsibilities, but another aspect that definitely is growing is like how far are what you're willing to do in terms of a content creator and how far are we gonna how are we going to go into in as a society and try to normalize it. So what I mean by that is in terms of content creation nowadays, people are willing to kind of do anything for money. We went over to the prank stuff or saying some crazy little Chris stuff, but I want to go outside that in terms of the only fan stuff, right? The porn stuff, right? The selling feet picks for, for money stuff. The, a lot of these fields are becoming much more accepted in society. And as a result, what's going to happen is it's going to influence more people to do things that are similar if they think they're going to make a buck from it now the whole discourse between like for example when it came to only fans back uh in the day was you know people re- i think a lot of people knew that only a select few people can actually get famous from only fans but regardless of people knowing that that can get like a lot of money from OnlyFans. A lot of people still were creating OnlyFans. I feel like most people that I see on Tinder nowadays has an OnlyFans. It's actually crazy. If you have, if, if you're trying to, you got a lot of them also have a look. And it's like, yeah, this girl probably has an OnlyFans. So in terms of uh, content creation and what people are willing to do and how accepted more and more things are becoming in society, do we think this is a good thing for society? Do you think we should eventually find a point where it's like, okay, that's enough. We need to stop here. What do you think?
2: Well, I I think it's sad that people um, uh, have to sell their bodies to uh, make a buck, right? Uh, because they feel so disillusioned with their own goals uh, and that they don't do it. Obviously, you know, a lot of them, I think, uh, do it because, you know, it is easy money. It's something that you could do, I, I guess, you know, to bite the bullet on it. It is in like some form of way ethical, right? Um, and I'm not going to be the guy to say, oh, it says a lot about society, right? Uh, but I'll say, you know, like it, 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 there's no labor really being produced, like whatsoever, uh, in these cases. Like, I, I don't really think sex work is work, uh, whatsoever. Um, do I think it should be like legalized to prevent? more of these uh, girls from being killed and stuff like that. Sure. For the OnlyFans stuff, look, you know, that's the way you make your money. That's the way you make your money. But uh, I guess in the bigger picture, I I wish more people could uh, pursue their uh, goals and provide more to the country uh, rather than commoditizing themselves, right? Like we as uh, individuals uh, possess uh, great strength and qualities that we can do to provide for the world. And uh, boosting up like independent contractors to uh, do this like style of income that, by the way, you know, isn't always going to be the most sustainable, uh, I don't think is the best option. I I think that, you know, we should be empowering women to go into sciences, go into government jobs, go into like all these different industries that they're not already in. And I get that right now, it's still pretty hard for them to get it and, you know, get a decent wage in the middle of it as well. Um, But it's something that we should strive for. And I think that, uh, you know, we we should look at it with a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth, right? Not shame these girls, but uh, definitely say, look, you know, like we got to push forward uh, more so we can uh, have people not have to sell themselves uh, in that capacity but instead uh, produce labor that actually benefits the nation, right? Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the state workforce, and it's just kind of disappointing to see a lot of these bright young women um, take this as an avenue. Granted, you know, look, can I blame them in some situations? Like, look, I don't know. Would I do it if I was in their same shoes? Maybe, right? It's a lot of money. But at the same time, yeah. I also ask myself, I, or I also answer the question, I'd say, yeah, you know, probably not, right? Uh, there's plenty of things I could have done for significantly more money, and I, I haven't done it because it's simply something that I know that it's not what I'm going to always want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, I genuinely want to provide something to this world, provide something to this country in the form of uh, political leadership and advisory. And I hope a lot of young women can also do the same, right? I hope that they can look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm more than just my body, I have this like brain, I have this mind, I have this thing that I can do to produce just so much greatness for the country. So that's the thing I'll say there, but look, you know, if you're short on change uh, I'll say, you know, I can't really blame you. Right. But if you're from like a well-off background, uh, come on, you you have great potential in yourself Uh, and just at the very least use it as a temporary Avenue so you can embrace the original goals that you had as a kid uh don't don't have that disillusionment that so many young people have today and press on so yeah that's what i'll say on that
1: yeah it's um there's definitely some you know sympathy you can have in certain situations uh, of course and shout out to the guys that are also selling their body for money you know y'all could do other things too right so um with that said the, the big thing between for this profession that are selling their body for money or, you know, selling other parts of their body for money. Um, the big thing behind this profession is just very similar to the content creation con- uh, conversation we we're having is that it's very easy to do. Right. In terms of making it, obviously, that's hard. But in terms of doing it, it's very easy to do. Very similar to what I was speaking about before. So that ease, you know, makes it um. Natural in a way, especially when it's endorsed to kind of leave lead into this if you feel like you have no other option and that's another aspect about this conversation is the endorsement aspect of the field right so because nowadays it's definitely being endorsed right it's being endorsed on social media you have people i've seen I've you, sure you've seen the tweets where people are saying like hey, there's actually like social media accounts." That are posting about these women, so people go to their pages, right? So they're being endorsed on social media. They're being endorsed in like social media events, for example, you know, with the Misfits boxing stuff, where we have OnlyFans girls shouting out their OnlyFans at the interviews, and that one girl who took off her top and showed her boobs on the zone in front of everybody, basically endorsing her OnlyFans. So these individuals. And we have other content creators, other examples of content creators are all individuals who don't are not technically the ones that you are talking about, Paul. They're technically the people who already kind of made it, but are continuously down the path because the money is there. Because we see like women content creators that are now transforming or becoming um, OnlyFans or whatever they're becoming. Right. And I remember this. uh, I think I saw an interview. I forget which singer it was, but she was talking about how all her, well, I won't say all, but that her friends and people around her was telling her, even though she was like already a successful musician, they were telling her to make an OnlyFans account to get more money. So there's a certain level of endorsement and like, um, appreciation for the profession in addition to it being very easy to do which is uh potentially concerning w- what do you think about this this other aspect of the people endorsing being these type of professions
2: look you know people can consent to uh what they want to do you know you could plug uh your favorite only fans model if you like right um and you could do all these things uh, cause you know, you as a person have that right to do so. Um, but I mean, look, man, <laughs> uh, once again, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're not really getting out much out of it yourself. Uh, and doesn't seem like the best option. And for those trying to persuade others to get into it, uh, yeah, that leaves a pretty bad taste in my mouth as well. Um, I don't know. It's. Uh, (laughs) It's
1: very, it's very, it's a very tough thing because the people who say, you know, you, you hear it. Anytime you kind of say something in protest of what a woman should do, they think you're taking their rights. You know, that's how usually those conversations go. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of, um, it's, it, that's, it really kind of plays into overarching conversation we're talking about in terms of content creator responsibility. And as they have all this individuality, all this freedom, which, you know, this actually goes into uh, another aspect, Paul, of the last podcast episode you weren't here for, we, uh, me and Jonathan, were talking about freedom versus safety. You know, the value of being free versus the value of being safe in uh, society. And we're going through all these different perspectives because they kind of push and pull against each other. And as of right now, being a content creator is probably the most free job you can have. But on the flip side, the the damage it can cause arguably is probably the most damage. Without, especially since it has very little check of like any profession. Obviously, not counting like people in the military that are killing millions of people. But in terms of like a, a profession of people who influence people. It probably could be that, that in politicians, be one of the most damaging job that you can have currently in society. Um, and I guess the last thing before we wrap things up, do you think it's worth us as a society taking away some of the, the freedom, the authenticity, if it's in the betterment of society as a whole?
2: Do i think that uh it's better to uh you know take away some freedoms for the better society as a whole You said
1: for uh for content creators taking away their freedom and authenticity if it's in the betterment of society as a whole
2: um yeah i mean i i usually strive for pieces of legislation like that um it's just that you know it granted i don't think it has that big of an impact on society Aside from that of these like uh, far right types that are indoctrinating young men. Yeah.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, But yeah, that is basically all we got today in terms of uh, today's discussion regarding content creators. It's It's a conversation and discussion I wanted to have because I feel like there's not many people talking about the individual responsibilities that content creators have and their impact is currently and moving forward. They influence a lot of people, a lot of young people, and it doesn't seem in my opinion at the very least that any of these content creators are really trying to be the role models that they automatically are and making sure they're putting certain checks and certain barriers in place to ensure that the public's being influenced by them are doing the best they can for society versus just copying them and doing the negative, potentially negative actions or say the negative things or going negative professions that they may be in currently it's kind of saying oh be like me is what it looks like and obviously you don't want everybody to be like the creators that currently exist in society so let me know what you guys think per usual. Of course, um, leave a five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are here every Monday and Thursday, 8 a.m. EST to see the uh, show's audio. And if you want to sh- catch up us with us live, you can show up to the live shows at 8 p.m. EST as we continue to have some great conversations. Uh, any last words, Paul?
2: Uh, the last thing I'll say is, Tino, you know, like any of the young people watching are parents, Right. Um, continually pursue those goals that you have before you and never really give up on them. I know you hear it all the time, but there are thousands of young people every day, probably millions that feel disillusioned and feel as if they can't do it, but you can. Uh, you could take you know, take some wit. You're going to have to do that uh, Protestant work ethic thing of pulling yourself up, right? But this is something that you can straddle and really make a change in your life to do and never give up on it. This is something that's deeply worth it. It will give you happiness and a sense of meaning in a lot of cases. And furthermore, in a lot of cases, you'll provide to the world something that many others can't provide. So continue pushing on, get into those extracurriculars, get your kids into those extracurriculars, keep them off the street, uh, and you know, keep them motivated and tell them that you love them. And that's all I got to say.
1: All right, excellent. Well, hope you guys enjoyed per usual. Y'all have a good one. Take care.